0: Here we are live in the Nexus.
1: Uh, good morning, in Nexus.
0: Oh, is it morning?
1: Where every morning is Saturday morning.
0: Every morning is Saturday morning. I don't even know what to say to that. I'm so just pumped for this particular discussion that I don't really even know what to say about it.
1: I think underwriting insurance has always been a passion of yours.
0: It has it has been a passion of mine to take a look at somebody's situation and say, you know what? We're just not going to cover that. <laughs> I'm afraid you'll have to go elsewhere. Why don't you, why don't you see who fancy feast has their insurance with? Maybe they'll cover you.
1: Yeah, this is a risk. And if fancy feast only off unless the first 15 seconds, then makes a snap judgment. So I don't try to I throw them off here.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, so, are we ready to, like, go just straight into tonight's topic of classic chess blunders of the 1960s?
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the way beef, beef stroganoff got its start, uh, was a chef blunder.
0: Oh, we're just, uh, we're going riff for riff tonight. I think this <laughs> is good. This, this is going to shape up to be a fine podcast. Yes. I'm really thinking about the different grains of sandpaper and what's most appropriate to use with mahogany.
1: First off, we know that cherry is the best wood.
0: Because it comes from Cherry Road?
1: That's exactly right.
0: Well, I'm the winner tonight in the Nexus. So, Wink, if you'll tell him what he's won.
1: Nah, I wasn't ready for that one.
0: Okay, sorry. Well, you know, well it if only it's get...
1: Wink if it's Wink Martindale, it's definitely a Buick Skylark.
0: Well, uh, that, that, that there's a good possibility of that.
1: Values of upwards of four thousand nine hundred dollars. <laughs> I love when you see the value of a car if you watch an old prices Rider, especially uh let's make a deal where, where did... the car was the car was always an opal. <laughs> it was like yeah. two thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, oh, it's great. Those those prices were great. And speaking of times in our life where there were great prices, what do you say we what do you say we climb into the time machine tonight, and go back to those thrilling days of yesteryear when we were able to watch cartoons with a little more uh, frequency
1: for hours and hours and hours on end. Yes. Yes. Of course, we're talking about the delightful time of Saturday morning cartoons, the 1970s and 1980s.
0: Yes, yes. And now, will we have any spillover at all into the 1990s, or do you think it just shuts down? Is, is it is not even worth discussing?
1: I don't know that I can name any. I think the Smurfs ended in 90.
0: Where think... did the, the Ninja Turtles, did they go into the 90s?
1: I don't think they are on Saturday mornings. In fact, well, they that's weren't. True. This... That's true, yeah. Okay. Jumping ahead there.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to establish the parameters. You know, one of the things that we like to do here in the Nexus is establish the parameters.
1: Well, so the Smurfs TV series uh, was from 81 to 89, which for our listeners out there, that roughly covers for us ages eight to 16. Wow. It's quite a long period of time.
0: That's an epic run for a cartoon. It really is. I mean, there's a lot of strength in that. A lot to be said for that.
1: Speaking of, so, which, do you, do, wait, how old do you guess Papa Smurf would be? One billion? In, 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 that's it's a great guess. Um, <laughs> and not hasty at all. And totally taking things seriously. Uh, how actually, old do
0: I, I mean, do you, is there an answer for this? There is an you, answer. Is,
1: yes, there's an answer.
0: How old do I think Papa Smurf is? Okay, so here's the question. I don't know that I'm versed in the aging of Smurfs. Do they age like dog years kind of ages, or is it human years?
1: You're really showing your ignorance tonight.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I, I haven't watched a Smurf episode since probably that season four or five.
1: Yeah. I, feel like I feel like you're playing a Rothmich right now.
0: <laughs> well, that's, I mean... I guess that the everything's now just deteriorated. I don't know that we can continue this conversation. And, and for those
1: of those pulling is, it would be uh, the equivalent of uh, parking a car behind a McDonald's, jumping out without warning to your passengers, taking out a golf club, and banging it against a flagpole until the American flag fell down into into your hands and you tried to run off with it. That's pulling a Rothmich.
0: That's very specific.
1: It is. It really I, feel is. Like
0: there's, I feel like there's a shared experience there that I'm just <laughs> missing out on. So, yeah, so okay, so I'm going to need some explanation. So Papa Smurf is 500 years old. How's
1: 500, that? 543 years old.
0: 543 years old. I'm yes. a, I'm assuming you will tell me exactly what season and episode that that was revealed?
1: Uh, I think it's just general knowledge that most of us know that. Okay,
0: so I think. At I mean, this that's point, kind
1: of, it's kind of like saying, "Hey, Scooby a dog."
0: I think he at is. this point.
1: I don't think this they ever need where, to tell us that. This is
0: where we go to our roving reporter, and we ask uh, we ask her to you know pose that question to to the people on the street. How old is Papa Smurf? Because I I'm gonna I'm not gonna just take your word for it that. I'll take your word for it that he's 543 years old. I'm not going to take your word for it that the average person knows that.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do with that, but that's <laughs> – I've drawn that line. The gauntlet has been thrown down. I have picked up the glove and slapped you across the face
1: with it. <laughs> i like, just like to say at this point you're welcome to our, our listeners for seven minutes of complete nonsense. <laughs> That's our gift in the nexus to you. Uh, So let's go back to Saturday morning cartoons. Um, So defining this for our friends out there, for our younger audience, um, Saturday morning cartoons were a block of cartoons that usually aired from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Saturday mornings um, in the 1970s and 80s. Usually there were cartoons on before 8, but they were either older or almost had some kind of local tie to them. And once you got closer to noon, uh, the shows became more live action with, with definitely at the, um, a point at noon where you knew the cartoons were over. But before we get to that, let's go to the difference between Saturday morning cartoons and weekday cartoons, weekday afternoon cartoons, which there is a difference. Scott, would you like to take a shot at that?
0: I would think that Saturday morning cartoons, and, and, and this is just me speculating here because I don't know that at the time I really delved into the ramifications and psychological implications of why we, these cartoons were on Saturday mornings and why these were on uh, weekday afternoons. I would speculate that weekday afternoons were more guided as, were, were, were considered more marketing ploys to sell products. Whereas Saturday more cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons were more uh, for entertainment value, and certainly probably had a different age range in mind. Am I am I hunting with the right uh, the right type of shot here? Is that uh, hey, is that sound?
1: You're sniffing around the right areas here.
0: Okay, okay. So that's 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 where I would go. I would think I would think it has a lot to do with target audience uh, and. You know, probably there is some significant, uh, I, I, you know, I already said, you know, the, a, a little more toy oriented with the uh, se- uh, weekday afternoon cartoons than were the Saturday morning cartoons. Although, certainly, there's some spillover there, I would think. Uh, I know that there were Smurf toys and Smurfs are solidly in the Saturday morning cartoon block. Uh, but, you know, I also know that uh, I think back and this, you know, this may be and maybe I'm misremembering here, but I think back to like um, uh, when you when when you go into the early 70s and maybe in the late 60s with shows like H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff and Sigmund the Sea Monster and the Boogaloos, which are all live action shows, but they also didn't have any kind of uh, associated toy so I don't know, I maybe I may be way off base here. So how about you enlighten
1: us? All right, so this is I'll just go from what what I, what I remember. So first, the big difference was Saturday morning cartoons aired on major networks such as NBC, ABC, and CBS. Okay. And, and they would they would have seasons like just like a regular network or um, know, it's hard for our streaming audience out there to remember these days. Um, They're they aired in the major networks. And so there would be like a season premiere episode where you get all excited. There even be a TV guide issue that would like focus on just the new Saturday morning cartoons. And you get all excited about it. Um, Saturday morning cartoons aired on networks while afternoon cartoons usually aired on UHF channels, which would be like a local channel, like channel 17, 29, channel 57, channel 48. Uh, Usually afternoon cartoons ran from a a much smaller time frame, usually from 3 to 5 in the afternoon, which specifically targeted the time you got home. Now, when we were younger, I would say probably up to about the 83-ish range, most of what we saw in the afternoon cartoons were not new cartoons. They were usually stuff that had previously aired in Saturday mornings. So while we were watching Scooby-Doo and the Super Friends, we were watching shows that originally aired in Saturday mornings, now just being broadcast by a local channel, in the afternoons, now that changed when I, I the ones that re- make me remember where the shift came was. So the Saturday morning cartoons to me reflect it was usually a lot of Hanna Barbera, um, and it usually was putting cartoon characters in like a, a current situation. Like for example, the Laugh Olympics, which gathered all the Hanna Barbera cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. You know, just after the 1976 Olympics and put them in Olympic-type challenges to compete against each other. So it kind of yes. match what was going on in the day. Um, and the later, the the afternoon cartoons, like I said, somewhere around 83, I'm going to say, maybe 84, right when we were hitting middle school, they became, uh, like you said, a marketing tool. And so instead of cartoons airing and them creating toys, cartoons were, were already – uh, they were there to sell toys instead of there to tell a story. So I think I'm saying that right. Am I right, Scott?
0: I mean, you said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly would agree that um, at, weekday afternoon cartoons were, primary purpose was to sell the product of the particular toy that they were uh, that had to do with the show. Right,
1: I think, I think about, it was. It used to be cartoon, then toy, and it became toy, then car cartoon. Right, right.
0: I think that. Yeah, I think that probably is, sounds right. You know, I know that that would certainly apply to the Masters of the Universe, He-Man, yes. and it would certainly apply to GI to GI Joe, to and and I, when I say GI Joe, I'm talking about a real American hero, not. You know, 1960s G.I. Joe with the, uh, with the, the, the fingernail on his thumb. Can I just
1: get uh, off soft track for a second here? Thinking back to G.I. Joe, if you remember the character Shipwreck, he was in the Navy. Yes. Apparently, also, there's only one character in the entire U.S. Navy in this cartoon. But why was his shirt always, always unbuttoned down to his waistline?
0: Well, you know, sometimes a sailor gets hot while he's out swabbing the
1: deck. I never realized how much G.I. Joe resembled the village people. Uh, until a recent viewing.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Certainly, uh, you have. Yeah, you have most of the. You you have the uh, Native American chief. You have the. Do you have a construction worker?
1: I'm sure somewhere there was one. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Police officer, so, fireman.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well there's certainly a fireman. There's a lot certainly of mustaches. If, if yeah, lots of mustaches. It's like a, a disproportionate amount of mustaches. It's it's almost like, yes, okay, I get this is the eighties, but does everybody have a mustache? Even the women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are really off the rails tonight. Yes. Uh.
0: So Okay,
1: So you're right, so I would agree like Teenage bring, us back. Ninja,
0: bring, us back, bring us back on track
1: here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe Transformers uh, He-Man Masters Universe, cartoons Specifically marketing toys to us mm-hmm. Instead of the toys coming second Um great. And bo- both contain an element of Public service announcements Whereas in afternoon cartoons The public service announcement Would usually come at the end of an episode Like G.I. Joe Now you know annoying is half the battle Whereas in the 70s and 80s, the PSAs were um, different types of entertainment about what types of food to eat um, or about um, situations to avoid with things like uh, one to grow on um, or the more you know, Schoolhouse Rock. Um,
0: well, and, I, and also I think, I think critically there is that they were independent of the shows.
1: Right, uh, right. The
0: like with GI Joe, they were a show with...
1: themselves. Like Schoolhouse Rock was almost a show right. itself, which is really right. just small shorts.
0: We actually have those on DVD. It's it's been a great purchase, and we've used them multiple times in multiple scenarios. Uh, they're really great for uh, if you're trying to uh, sell people uh, motorcycle insurance. <laughs>
1: sorry the laugh track seems to not be working right now
0: oh well that's a shame that's a shame <laughs> so yes I, and and i can still remember Stephen, that some of those uh public service announcements were better than the shows i was watching in the first place
1: yeah agreed
0: uh so i mean certainly schoolhouse rock which you've already mentioned is is outstanding and and I would encourage our listeners, if they the whole have never itself yeah. If it, yeah, and, and maybe that's that's something to think about. But if if you have not watched any of the schoolhouse rock, that is quite available uh, on YouTube, but they're also they sell like the entire you know package. I don't know, do people still buy DVDs anymore or Blu rays? I, I don't think like so. That? Okay. Well, I imagine it's available for download. On so, beta. Yes. Oh, a good Betamax player would be would be good for that. So, yeah, I think that. But I just I have so many uh, just good memories of uh, different public service announcements. And some of them just seem so random. Like I remember one was called Don't Drown Your Food. And it was about overusing like condiments, which is just an outstanding topic. Outstanding. And then there were a lot of commercials. I feel like that had a little public service announcement feeling. Do you remember the cavity creeps?
1: Yes, there were. That was the where the Crest Cavity Patrol came from.
0: Yes, and they had all of well,
1: those. Homer Simpson fell for someone using a Crest Cavity Control badge once on the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, of course. That a real did. police.
0: Of course, he did. That's out. That, that's outstanding. So, oh, Homer.
1: But interesting. I'm, you know, I'm doing research. Uh, I'm looking at something that defines Saturday morning cartoons as something that started in the '60s, which to agree, uh, and most of that was just like reruns, right, of things classic cartoons like The Flintstones, Jeffersons, Johnny sure. Quest. Uh, I don't agree with some of the research I've done where it says that the peak ran into the 2000s. I really think, uh, even though we were you know, we were out of the house in the college nineties. I, I don't recall um, any significant Saturday morning programs. Um, but let's let's go to. Um, we talked about the PSAs briefly. Um, one to let's go, let's go to remember one to grow on, and the more you know, where like a star from an NBC show like Michael J. Fox should sure. warn you about a situation. Yes. Um, You know, the very likely situation of you walking down the street and some kind of hoodlum or toughie appearing from behind a tree and offering you randomly a beer and a cigarette. Uh Uh-huh. And freeze frames right at that moment where you're about to make that decision. And Michael J. Fox points to the screen and goes, hey, don't take that sip. Don't take that puff. Because beer and alcohol aren't cool. And whoever offers you some of that, they're not cool either. That's what you grow on.
0: And that's one to grow on.
1: And then it also, then them that morphed into the more you know uh, right. in the later years. Um, there's I can't remember the name of the cartoon guy. Do you remember the guy that was an ABC that would talk about the nutritious snacks like carrot sticks and wagon wheels? You talking
0: about uh, Slim Goodbody?
1: That was was that his name? I don't think that was it. He wore like, Slim... like the
0: suit that had all the uh, organs showing.
1: No, 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 that's not who I'm talking about. Um, okay. I had his name? I thought I had his name written down. I'll I'll find it back in a second. But Let's go back. Let's let's hop into the cartoons because I want to talk about what we what we were discussing. You know, were these the four horsemen? There. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up on this. One of the other differences too that I noticed during the research of this episode was there were a lot of Saturday morning cartoons that were just simply live adaptations of shows on the network.
0: Right. For yes. example,
1: like there was the Brady Kids, which only lasted about twenty two episodes. Which there was, was Star just Trek. A- Right. There was there was a Dukes of Hazzard cartoon. There was Happy Days. There was Mork and Mindy. Laverne and Shirley were in the army. Uh, there was Mr. T uh, in one of the most ridiculous plots, driving a bus around the United States gymnastics team <laughs> around the world and solving mysteries. Um, and there was a big obsession apparently in the late 70s and 80s with vans solving mysteries and traveling around the world to do so. Yes. With also yes. an apparent unlimited amount of cash for these teenagers who are doing this to 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 make this lifestyle sustainable
0: so so yeah full disclosure to to our to our listeners that you know as we prepared for this there might have been a video or two which were shared uh between the two of us and you know i watched i watched the mr t show uh, but you know in my mind i don't know if it had morphed into something that was actually and and because i'm such a fan and we have, we have stated before uh, in 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 recent podcasts well maybe not recent but in podcasts of the past where we talked about particularly mr t's role in professional wrestling
1: and i I'm, I'm a mr t apologist i love mr. absolutely
0: Mr. T, and that's what I'm getting at is that Mr. T was awesome. I even think that one of my favorite scenes in Pee Wee's Big Adventure is when he's talking about Mr. T cereal.
1: Doesn't, doesn't he pick up like a giant fork and take like one bite of Mr. Yes, T cereal? Yes.
0: And... Yes. And that's the end. Yes. But he does pick up the box and say, I pity the fool that don't eat my cereal. Except he doesn't uh-huh. Yeah. There you um, go. And he puts it over like pancakes or waffles or something like that. I feel yes, if I yeah. remember correctly. But anyway. I, I we we digress. I I think that so in my mind, that show was probably really cool. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I think at the moment we just we would eat up anything that if you loved it in primetime, right. why wouldn't you love it as a cartoon? Like in the Pac Man's a good example of that, which was in the the early eighties, the Pac Man yes. cartoon where they took a video game
0: and, and made a cartoon.
1: Right, and yeah. I remember how excited i was when that came out this was there were 42 episodes of pac-man um Uh two seasons of it and i Uh just i just i would watch it because pac-man was popular and that was on it was just simply pac-man and miss pac-man and their baby and uh
0: and i remember having discussions with my friends about which one of the ghosts was our favorite yeah because that was – we were so into that. But I think about the Mr. T thing, and I'm looking, I'm looking at that clip that you sent over, and basically it's just this series of people doing flips and then kind of like bulldogging people.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of uh, – Mr. T, there would be some kind of criminal activity and probably <laughs> taking place in some kind of castle. Yes. And you'd see some kind of gymnastics uh, maneuver made. Which yeah. launched them into the air, flying like the Super Friends, <laughs> landing yes. on top of somebody. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean that's just outstanding. And then I think that I think the thing that I, the other thing that I had forgotten about that show was his dog.
1: Yes, they had the, the mohawk.
0: Yes, and that's just I mean all and and him him coming on for the promo and doing the whole first name Mister middle name the little period last name t i mean <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that
1: so how many episodes yes. would you guess was uh by the way the plot of that was from wikipedia the cartoon stars mr t as a coach to a gymnastics team um traveling the world while becoming involved in and solving various mysteries similar to Scooby Doo. um a live action mr t introduced himself to the audience at the end of this episode, of course, he has a moral lesson for the audience. <laughs> yes the, never, There's no explanation how Mr. T was qualified in any way to be a coach of the gymnastics team. I mean, it's not like he has a gymnastics background. He's just someone and, with a Mohawk who's really well built and wears a lot of jewelry. So what how did he become I would really like to know how he became the gymnastics yeah. coach.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> um so you asked me you asked me how many episodes that i, I thought were for that series is that, yes. is that was that the question on the table that is <sighs> i feel like there probably had to be at least two seasons and i can't remember if a cartoon season at that point in time ran full length like i guess the average on a for like a sitcom nowadays is like 22 Two twenty-four episodes, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say probably a little bit less than that. Let's say thirty-five episodes.
1: I'm close. It was thirty.
0: Okay. Okay. Thirty episodes. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Now, the other one that you shared, another clip that you shared with me, was the Dukes of Hazard cartoon, and
1: I have I'm, no recollection of none, the Dukes of Hazard cartoon.
0: None. None at all.
1: I and I, and I thought. Oh, I'll play the theme. I'll recognize it. Maybe it's in the theme is not the same. So in the Dukes of Hazzard cartoon, uh, the premise is that Boss Hogg is about to foreclose in the Duke farm. And so him and Roscoe challenge Bo and Luke to a race around the world, which seemingly (laughs) makes no sense that. Why doesn't he just foreclose (laughs) instead of spending all this money on this race around the world? Which how are the Dukes funding this? And if the uh, answer is Boss Hog, why doesn't he just foreclose in the first place? <laughs> and and that, was, that, was, that, that was a very common theme. Going back to Laugh Olympics, too, is in, and we'll get to Scooby-Doo, of course, is just that traveling around the world and just using the world as a setting and, and creating, you know, it goes back to Laugh Olympics, wacky races. Right. Um, looks like there were 20 episodes. I just, I cannot believe The Dukes of Hazzard cartoon existed, and I was a huge Dukes of Hazzard fan. Um, and of course, this would have been, uh, had it been on CBS. Yeah, it was was Hanna-Barbera, and it came out in '83. Looks like, uh, um, I don't recall, so, uh, Tom Wolpat and, um, John Schneider were there in the second season, Catherine Bach, Uncle Jesse's sorrel book, Boss Og, um, Apparently, the General Lee was also a character as a voice.
0: Oh, that's outstanding. Did it have Did it have Wayland Jennings?
1: No, it did not, which is okay. uh, but they went to places like uh, Venice, Morocco, the Arctic Ocean. Our source is Wikipedia, by the way. London, Greece, India, Uzbekistan, uh, which really those for a lot of us, that was our first exposure to Uzbekistan. Well,
0: you know, so, nothing screams Dukes of Hazzard like Uzbekistan.
1: That's it. So Boss Hogg wants the money and the land for himself. So he, Rocco, and Flash—it's a good thing they include Flash the dog—plan various schemes to keep the Dukes from winning.
0: Now, um, do you think that? Do you think that Flash really participated in the scheming?
1: If we know anything about Flash, no. Flash was Flash was kind of like a good dog, right? They always liked right. Flash. Yeah. Right. Uh, I feel like Flash would have been very neutral in this. <clears throat> in fact, it would make sense if he was sabotaging Boss Hog.
0: Agreed. Agreed. So um, yeah, but... I have I have <laughs> no recollection. And and here's the thing. I was a Dukes of Hazard fan.
1: The show. Yeah. The live action show. And and yeah, I mean Dukes of Hazard was a massive show from seventy nine, probably to about eighty five. Yeah. Um, we all watched it, we all had the toys, we loved it. We called each other Bo and Luke Duke at recess. Yes. Um, you know, you didn't want to be assigned the role of uncle Jesse at recess. Right. No, maybe Co- no. Cooter was kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely did not want to be Daisy. Um, no, no, but no. yeah, I no, not even, but I do remember the Brady kids, um, which had 22 episodes, which I thought would have had more. Now this even gets wilder. So in this one, the Brady kids, so it starts off, uh, and this would have been on the seventies where the Dukes of Hazzard was on. I think I said, in 83, um, The Brady Kids was on from 72 to 73. So this is actually one that started in Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember watching it in the afternoons, um, you know, before they transitioned to to marketing. Um, So it starts off as a live-action version of the Brady song. Halfway through, they turn into cartoons, and this is where it gets wild. So it takes place in the Brady's backyard in the treehouse. And there are two pandas named Ping and Pong that are their pets which this seems very culturally inappropriate. Um, and there's also a bird named Merlin um, that is also like a magical bird that is involved with this.
0: Well, that just sounds delightful. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. Sign me up. Now, you would have had, I mean, you said 73.
1: 72, 73. So okay, so, was,
0: so you're watching it in syndication or more. Watching syndication, but
1: it did start yeah. as a Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. Do you remember okay. the Brady kids?
0: No, I have no memory of this. None at all.
1: And there was um, the original um, – there were the original kids' voices too, so they weren't like um, – they weren't replaced with other actors. And that was, that was pretty cool.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah.
1: And okay. then Marlon was like a magical burly So there's pandas named Ping and Pong. They had a dog named Mop Top, inexplicably not Tiger. And there's I think there's there are there a couple of characters who are like some local you know local tufts. Um, and a lot of these also had like a the Saturday morning cartoons also had like a, 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 com, a comic component to it too, like Marvel or DC might compose like Laugh Olympics that we talked about by Hanna Barbera. Which let's go ahead and talk about Laugh Olympics for a minute. Yes. Laugh Olympics is just one of my uh, all-time favorites, um, and Laugh Olympics is, is set – it was only on for just a few seasons, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this description. Um, it was a sporting competitions in which characters are called upon to compete, often comical, offbeat versions of Olympic sports, races, or scavenger hunts. Each segment is set in a different location around the world. And so this was great because this was basically Battle of the Network Stars for cartoons. And for anyone not familiar with Battle of the Network Stars, Battle of Network Stars is an amazing show on the 70s and 80s where it took stars from NBC, ABC, and CBS. It put them into teams who competed in like an Olympics for the stars of the network TV shows competing against one of their events based at Pepperdine University. And it was amazing. So someone mm-hmm. was, was brilliant enough to say, hey, why don't we do this with the cartoons? And instead of putting them into networks, uh, Laugh Olympics aired in ABC. It, it's like Hanna-Barbera was divided into teams. There was the Really Rottens, which is like the bad team. You had mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doobies. And you had <coughs> – excuse me, sorry. And you had the um, the Yogi, yogi
0: Yahoo's.
1: Yeah, Yogi Yahoo's. And later there was, a, there was a Flintstones team as well. Uh, and I feel like this is where we became introduced to great characters such as um, m- maybe they were they had their own shows, but like I remember, this is where I met like Blue Falcon. Um, yes, and the Teen Angels and Captain Caveman, and perhaps when I, when I say this, I think I'm gonna get you to laugh. One of them, one of the more ridiculous characters was a character named Babu. I think it was the I Dream of Jeannie cartoon. Is that what that was? Where he would go, Yapple Tapple. Yes. Do you remember Yabble him? Yabble Dabble.
0: Yabble Dabble. Yes. Yabble
1: dabble. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I do remember him. I do. Um they also had uh was uh uh Hong Kong Fooey?
1: Hong Kong Fui was on there. Hong Kong Foo, which surprises me, was only two seasons long. Um so let's see. Genie and Babu appear together. Um they were in an episode of Scooby-Doo New Movies, which we'll get to that in a moment. Um and they were also on the Laugh Olympics. So I believe she was supposed to be Genie from. I always thought she was Genie from the cartoon, from the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, she's an animated version of the. Um, of Primetime sitcom. Yeah. Comp, yeah right. Which uh, was produced. I didn't realize. I did mean Jeannie was on in the early 70s. I always thought of that as a 60s TV show. Yeah, I did too. Um, but he he was great. So you had Genie and, and this guy named Babu. It was this uh, overweight Genie who couldn't mm-hmm. seem to do anything right. And when he would cast a spell, he would say "Yapple tap."
0: <laughs> and it it almost sounds like a uh, like a Charles Nelson Reilly or something yes. like that. Yeah,
1: that's fantastic. But I always I thought the, the there were just so many characters in. I mean, just listen. This is in one cartoon. So most of the really rottens were actually created for uh, for the show. Um, right. And the rottens were also neighbors of the Flintstones. They were like kind of a creepy family that lived next door. Yep. In, in one of those situations where you watch like six seasons of the Flintstones, and you never just happen to notice that next door there was like a four-story creepy mansion. Until these people yeah. move into it, okay. Right. So, th- like we said, this had Laugh Olympics had great such as Yogi Bear, Snagglepuss, Huckleberry Hound, Um Cop Cat, Wally Gator, Boo Boo, Augie Doggy, and Daddy Doggy. Um, let's see, Captain Caveman, Blue Falcon, Scooby Doo, Scooby Dumb, Shaggy, Speed Buggy. It was just a tre- Speed Buggy. Tremendous amount great of stars. Great babe, absolutely. Great babe, great babe,
0: So was um
1: was Jabberjaw on there? Jab jab, jab 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 Jabberjaw. I don't know, but I'm also a huge Jabberjaw fan. Which you know, there was kind of this family, and we we need to get to Scooby Doo because of this. There seemed to be a lot of like, even Mister T was kind of a clone of Scooby Doo. Because mm-hmm. he was just kind of traveling around solving mysteries. And so offshoots of Scooby-Doo would have been things like Speed Buggy. Whereas, you know, you replace Scooby-Doo with a car. Or in uh, Josie and the Pussycats was very similar to Scooby-Doo. Um, right. Although they really didn't have a dog there. And then we had Jabberjaw also. And a lot of those had also uh, a connection where there there's some kind of band that was playing music.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm so almost here. almost like a, a rock and roll connection or at least a pop and roll commit connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm
1: trying to see. Do you remember Snooper? I don't remember him from the. there's a lot of characters. So the, the yogis were like from the Huckleberry Hound show, um, Pixie and Dixie.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mr. Jinx. The Really Rotten's had, our. Uh, you know, if I say Really Rotten's is the one character that comes to mind. Ah, uh, Mutley. Yes, or, and please, yeah. please do your Mutley for us.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean it's, it's if if I'm thinking about the Laugh Olympics, I mean honestly, I'm thinking about him over everybody else. That's that, so that, that's that's who comes to mind.
1: Two two episodes, uh, two seasons of 24 billion episodes of two good guy teams. Versus the Really Rottens, uh, often mm-hmm. their hijinks spooled by the, the host, Snagglepuss. Just some, some brilliant cartoons, some great voices in there, such as um, Don Messick is in there, who we know is the voice as Boo Boo, Ranger Smith, Scooby Doo, Muttley. And then we have people in there like Frank Welker, who is Jabberjaw, which you talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. He was Dynamite. uh Mel Blanc. Who was in there, uh Captain Caveman, Speed Buggy, Barney Rubble. So I mean there's so many. It's like a who Alan Reed, who is Fred Flintstone, uh Casey Kasem was in there, Shaggy Rogers, um just a magnificent collection of voices.
0: I don't know that I realized that Mel Blanc was Captain Caveman.
1: I, I don't, uh again, the, he wasn't even he was Bugs Bunny, wasn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh one talent. And
1: and a guy named Dawes Butler, who was the voice of many car I mean, basically he was everything else, Hanna Barbera, from Yogi Bear, Augie Doggy, Huckleberry Hound, Quick Joe McGraw, Wildgator, Snaggle Plus, Mr. Jinx, Dixie, Honeywolf, Super Snooper, Blabbermouse, Scooby Dumb, and Do- Dastardly Dalton.
0: Would you, would you say that Mel Blanc is to cartoon voices what Jim Henson and Frank Oz are to Muppet puppet voices?
1: Yeah, I think I put I'd put Don Messick in. Uh Domestic definitely is up there too. Yeah, but yeah. Mel Blanc, very very important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So okay. let's talk now about Scooby Doo.
0: Which let's definitely do.
1: started on Saturday mornings. And Scooby Doo, okay. um Scooby Doo really has different there are different versions of Scooby Doo. It's this it's the same character. And now we're not going to get into some of the later stuff. We're, we'll so we'll take it for this era we're talking about. We're going to go from Scooby-Doo Where Are You and we're going to take that into Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo into the 80s. Cuz there were other versions after that. But the one that, that you really love, and you think about a Scooby-Doo, starts with Scooby-Doo Where Are You. Yeah. Which that started in 1969. And the, those were the more I call these the more serious Scooby-Doo episodes. Ooh. Well they seem I'm intrigued. They seem, well they seem to be a little bit darker. Okay. Uh, and, Sco- and Scooby-Doo did start on CBS. Um, if you remember, this first, the first season, um, first couple seasons, I think there was two seasons of Scooby-Doo. Where are you? I'll make sure I verify that. Um, you know, they they were they would go to a location. Usually, most of these were set at night. Most of Scooby-Doo was set at night, and they usually would know someone somewhere, like an uncle or something like that, or maybe they were driving to, you know, the the rock festival for teens. Something mm-hmm. vaguely uh, said like that, where they would stumble upon some kind of mystery to solve. Um, Scooby Doo in these episodes is silly, but I think I think you don't get classic Scooby Doo. He's there and doing funny things, but it's not until later se- seasons that he really starts to ham it up, where he really finds where he's only he's playing to you, uh, mm-hmm. instead of just kind of doing some silly stuff. Uh, also, in the in the Scooby Doo Are You series, Scooby Doo uh, or sorry, the, there was usually an, a musical component too, where they were running from uh, a ghost, where some type of music was playing that was not quite the Beatles, but sounded an awful lot like it.
0: Yes, yes, I love the the running scenes were often the best parts.
1: Yeah, I remember a specific uh, one called Seven Days a Week, and that was the Caveman episode, uh, and, and I can remember that song.
0: So, as opposed to eight days a week?
1: Was that what it was, eight days a week? Eight days a
0: week, <laughs> eight, eight days a week was the Beatles song, yeah.
1: Um, but there was one called seven days a week. And, of course, you know, we, we won't get into this because now it's cliche, but there's always, you know, a villain in mask at the end. And, of course, they say, if it weren't for you meddling kids, then made you mutt. Right. But yes. I, never, I never understood how the the, you know, the mask was, like, gigantic. And I take it off, and it's this tiny head. And you're like, how are they moving the mouth and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess. Go ahead. go ahead. Keep going.
0: Well, um, I was gonna say, so the 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 the, the, the catchwords are also something that I think about with this, like where Velma would always say jinkies. And zoinks, zoinks. Yes. And so, <laughs> so uh-huh. did Fred so Velma said jinkies, Shaggy said Zoinks. Scooby, obviously, I'll leave that one to you. But did Fred or Daphne
1: have a Fred word? usually said profanity that was beeped out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Daphne said a lot of passive-aggressive things in Portuguese that you really had to turn up the volume to hear.
0: Okay, yeah, I, that makes good sense. I'm, 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 uh, I'm convinced that that's absolutely correct, and that's the way it went down. So.
1: As we go through this, from '69 to '76, that's the Scooby-Doo, where are you? Years, um, right. And like I said, that's the that's the the, the core gang: Scooby, Velma, Daphne, Shag, Scoob. Going right. through different locations, um, and you hear you know you, like we talked about, we'd hear the songs. Apparently, they're recorded by someone named Austin Roberts. Again, our sources: Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then I think so then it starts to change. It starts to shift to me to be much more comical. So then like around seven in 72, you get the new Scooby-Doo movies. That's where they would like run into somebody famous, uh, which my favorite is. Look, it's Don Notch, Ron Rutt. Uh, where they would meet like the Harlem Globetrotters, just seen just seen the Pussycats and Speed Buggy. They they had episodes of Batman and Robin. Um, yes. You have very seventy celebrities like Sandy Duncan, yep. the Adams yeah. Family, Cass Elliot, which I had no idea who that was as a kid, Phyllis Diller, right, uh, Don Knotts, Three Stooges, uh, and they were usually um, two episodes long, um, and they were like a two-parter. Uh, but there's only there's only twenty four episodes of those, and they, they also were on CBS. Um, they run as all of these were later packaged into afternoon cartoons. Um, I, for us, I know. Free and we Scott. Scooby Doo is kind of like the gold standard of cartoons. Um, very entertaining, memorable plots, memorable characters. Um, stuff that's cliched that we joke about now, but growing up, man, it was new to us, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And what, yeah, but I mean, you know, there there are others that are on that list that, that like I remember Jerry Reed. Being a, Jerry being, Reed. Being yes. Episode, you know. Yeah. There I was a, that where he was like locked in a basement room. And the only way they could find him was he would play his guitar and they could hear him singing through the vents. And then uh, I believe, if I'm not correct, wasn't there a Jonathan Winters one?
1: Yes, there was. Which is there
0: just was. outstanding. Because, I mean, truly, as you just said about Cass Elliot, but people, there were so many of those people that like, why would we as kids who this show is targeted to, why would we know these people?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean Jer- Jerry Jerry makes for, sense. Jerry for me, we I wouldn't even know what it is till smoking the bandit, maybe? Right. Absolutely. Which is is, is maybe six, seven years away. Yeah. Yeah. Was and, was
0: and so I look at these and I think, you know, okay, why would I know as a kid who Phyllis Diller or Sandy Duncan are?
1: Right. Why, Sandy Duncan may hey, I Phyllis Diller, that's the one that really always I was like who because she'll always be like, ha ha, ha and you have that laugh of hers.
0: Uh huh. Exactly.
1: So now now we get into, to me, as Scooby Doo transitions from from uh, CBS to ABC, Scooby to me really starts to hammer up. I and mean, when I watch what's called the new Scooby Doo show, and so the difference is, I'm going to sing for you here, Scott. You know, the first Scooby Doo, Where Are You, was uh, Scooby Dooby Doo, Where Are You, that we all know, right? Yes. But for me, the episodes I remember were, He's got it all together for a brand new show. Scooby-Doo is here and away we go. Well, Scooby-Doo is haunted by a spooky ghost. I'm not reading these, by the way. Shaggy is a doing what he does the most. Hey, come and get involved till the mystery is solved. Hang around for Scooby-Doo. Those are the ones that I remember that came on um, during, like, 76, 77. Um, those are the ones where Scooby is really, really hamming it up. Those are the ones that have the extended scenes of like if they're being chased by some a couple of villains, you uh-huh. know that you know they've got them sitting down in a chair. They're doing their nails. They're doing their hair. Right. Uh, you know, they're dressing up in drag and doing funny things. Um, it, it becomes really it's gone from like almost like a serious mystery to just complete nonsense. Um, right. Which I thought was really entertaining. And then that was packaged with the uh, Scooby-Doo Dynamite Hour um we we met a great one of my favorite all time side characters in Scooby-Dum. scooby from, dumb he's like from the uh, the okie dokie swamp in georgia uh yes uh scooby scooby dum was uh scooby's uh southern cousin um who would every time they'd say someone would say clue he say clue and he wore a red hat and he'd pull out this microphone and he'd walk around um uh, he was he was great. I really I love Scooby Doo. He was also on the Laugh Olympics. Um So then we get into like the Scooby Doo Laugh Olympics. Um and then as Scooby Doo apparently they felt started getting stale. I remember it's on ABC at this point. I've always associated Scooby Doo with ABC. I think that is because we were about three years old when he moved to ABC. So I just always to me like up until that point, maybe I'm six or maybe about eight years old, I guess I'm gonna say. Yeah, before the Smurf started, it was Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is like the main event of Saturday morning cartoons. Agreed. No, no matter where he was placed, because and I still, I still laugh today at Scooby Doo, just as my, I own several seasons on DVD. I own some on streaming, and I still laugh as loud as ever, and I still love them. Uh, there's an episode where he takes off his nose, where I. He they say say scoop we need you to track the scent and he literally reaches up and he takes off his nose and goes rose what rose <laughs> and I just I love that memorable.
0: So now, do you a little, little bit of a sidebar here? Uh, do you have any experience with the Groovy Ghoulies?
1: That sounds familiar, but I'm not sure I know what that is.
0: Okay. Okay, it was, the it was a show. It was early seventies, yeah, and it had kind of that uh, uh, Josie and the Pussycats kind of Scooby Doo kind of vibe, except it was the main characters were Drac and Frankie and Wolfie.
1: They oh, like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and they were a band, you know. And yes, there were some yeah, they had a really characters. cool car.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It it almost truly, I feel like they had sort of a combination of Scooby Doo slash hee haw vibe. Because <laughs> it was like this variety show, but cartoons, but with a Dracula, a werewolf, and a Frankenstein.
1: There's only and, one season of that, and it was in 1970. But I can, I can, yeah. it almost looks like, especially the Wolfman really reminds me of like the uh, the Wolfman from the serials.
0: We, uh, we watched that, uh, When I was a kid, like all the episodes. I mean, I'm sure there probably weren't but 15 episodes or something like that. Is that you and
1: Eric doing that? Are we shouting out to Eric Whaley? Yes. yes. Has Eric Whaley listened to one episode of our podcast?
0: I don't know that he has. I don't know that he has.
1: Eric, I'm calling you out right now.
0: Well, I think you should.
1: Eric, who I haven't spoken to since at least 1992 at best. (laughs) (laughs) I would best be known to Eric Whaley as a marginal... Uh, peripheral character. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Sco- <laughs> go ahead, Scooby-Doo. Uh, so then Scooby-Doo, uh, they feel like Scooby-Doo is getting a little bit stale um, with the Laugh Olympic. He keeps getting repackaged with different things, but that yes. worked for me. Whether it was Laugh Olympics or Captain Caveman, I didn't care. I was watching. Um, yeah. Yeah and so uh, but you're you're about gets, you're
0: about to go into the part that just offends every sensibility that i have
1: you're talking about scrappy Doo. yes well and here's what i i don't hate scrappy Doo. um and he came about in um december of 79 so for us that would be like the middle of first grade mm-hmm. um so we would have thought back then that he was really cute um and we would have um Let's see. Around the time he came in, there were there were shows on like Happy Days, animated Superman, um, Laverne and Shirley. Um, those kinds of things were on cartoons. Anyway, uh, Scrappy Doo was Scooby's nephew, but but and he was he was really small. Scooby Doo was kind of like his caretaker. He was always looking to to fight. Uh, but the problem is with Scrappy Doo, and you'll probably agree with this, is that scooby-doo making him a caretaker of somebody he loses his ability to be that great comic character exactly and that's what that's what's no good about scooby and scrappy Doo.
0: yeah well that and the fact that scrappy's annoying he is so there's he he, he did he ever successfully like go and fight somebody and win
1: I don't think so. Put him up. You okay. say put him up, put him up. And yeah. He this tiny little yeah. puppy, and and then right. then later, you know, later in the uh, one of the Scooby Doo movies in the two thousands, is revealed that he was never a puppy at all. Uh, yes. And he was urinating yes. all over Daphne in the yeah. van. Yeah. Uh, which seems to be a fitting end for that cartoon. So he they kind of morphed that into um, there was like half hour episodes that morphed into some shorts they did from eighty to eighty two. Then they did the new Scooby and Scrappy Doo show um and that morphed into the 13 goes to Scooby Doo in 85 which by that point I wasn't watching and and that that involved uh, Vincent Price and tra- again getting into this weird theme of traveling around the world which they always did anyway I really yeah. like there's that season of the Scooby Doo show I mentioned the ones that were in the right after Laugh Olympics um around that time where they were traveling around the world, but there were some really good episodes where they were in like Mexico with the Jaguaro, or they were in, there was the Warlock of Wimbledon episode that took place around the Wimbledon tennis tournament. Um, there was there was some cool stuff, um, but before Scrappy, but I think Scrappy kind of like to me signified the end uh, of that era. Scooby Doo has come back in many times in many different ways, uh, in serious versions. Uh, But I think Scooby-Doo in the 1970s, prior to Scrappy-Doo, is Scooby-Doo at its peak.
0: Yes, agreed. Whether that be the Scooby-Doo show or the Scooby-Doo Where Are You? Or the movies. The movies I would also – I felt like the movies were classic as well. So, you know, those were –
1: Even – this is the small stuff that Scooby would do. Like, he would – you know, they're sleeping somewhere, and all of a sudden, you know – uh, before they go to sleep, he appears in in a, in a robe and slippers. <laughs> yes, you know, going to take a bath. It's just like, just ridiculous situations that would that would make you laugh. And if they they would you know treat the villain or the, you know running from doorway to doorway across the hallway, peeking their heads out of drawers, uh, being in situations that tested the limits of the physical universe. Right, um, just yeah. good stuff.
0: Well so the other thing going back to the scrappy to when it shifted and brought, they brought scrappy in to kind of try to refresh it. The other, the, another thing that, that I felt like that did, that was, that didn't bode well, didn't, it didn't play out well was it reduced shaggy time and the relationship between shaggy and Scooby is, you know, in my mind, one of the most important aspects of the show. Right. Uh, You know, and and when Scooby now has to give most of his or at least a portion of his attention to Scrappy and, as you said, kind of protecting him, keeping him out of trouble, then not only are Scooby's antics affected, but so are Shaggy's because Shaggy could be just as ridiculous as Scooby. He just and 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 Shaggy's voice, I feel like, is no less iconic than Scooby's. Yeah. So, you know, Shaggy and Scooby are, you know, they, they, they go together. It's, you know, as as Gump would say, it's the peas and carrots. Yeah, so,
1: I felt like, you know, Scooby-Doo Dumb was only in a few Scooby-Doo episodes and and, and had a bigger role in Laugh Olympics. Right. But Sco, Scooby-Doo Dumb never took away from Scooby-Doo because they were getting right. in peril together. Right. Instead of Scooby having, Scooby's never supposed to rescue somebody. That, that shouldn't happen. Uh, right. And if you remember, like, along the way, there were moments in these, in these as the show got older and evolved, I remember there'd be episodes that were mainly like, uh, they would, the Fred and, Vel, uh, Fred and Daphne weren't in episodes anymore. It was just Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby. Right. And then, yes. then, the, then there was a point where it was just Scrappy, um, Daphne, and Scooby. Um, which was that was during the um, the new Scooby Doo show.
0: Do you think that, that those times the other actors were striking?
1: Yeah, I think they really didn't like working with Scrappy. He urinated yeah. all over the place all the time. Well, that's so. true.
0: That's true. There's that. So,
1: can we get um, a shout out to your oldest starter here? To Harper. Yes, let's give a shout out to yes. Harper. Harper, we're because, giving uh, you a
0: shout out right now. Talking we, about we, cartoons from we the hope 70s, that where you are.
1: In these these uh, early moments of your college career, that you're enjoying these episodes of the Nexus of Pop Culture and Cherry Wait cherry, Wait the Nexus of Pop Culture and Cherry Road wherever you are late nights in the dorm.
0: Brought to you as always by Lilford's, the Internet, Bluetooth, and Jabra. Right.
1: Feel comfort in your, the voice of your father Scott and the other guy that you have no idea who he is. You just heard about him. He disappeared <laughs> magically out of the dust twenty seven years. And sixteen years of your life, and like, Dad, why are you traveling with this man?
0: Yes, all of those things are true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. Okay, so we are at the fifty-six minute mark. Uh, actually, yeah. almost the fifty-seven minute so, mark. So,
1: what we should do here is we should we should stop here, uh, uh, and we are going to we're going to do something we've never done before, folks, and that is this: we are going to do a part two of this episode. Because we need to absolutely discuss Bugs Bunny, the Smurfs, and Spider-Man and his amazing friends.
0: Okay, so I'm going to have to get you to go back and look at the archives because this is not – you just, you just made what is not a true statement.
1: Oh, we do we have, have a part two? We
0: have, we have two part twos. We did a part two on second acts.
1: Okay, yes, I do recall that.
0: And we also did a part two on concerts.
1: Okay, yep, I do remember that as well.
0: So Scott is uh, our we,
1: historian and archivist of yes. the Nexus.
0: So uh, this will be a good this is a good spot for us to do a part two. And it this this uh, conversation has jarred my memory and, and, and shaken loose a few things. So there are some other things that I definitely want to talk about that we did not hit upon tonight. And I am looking forward to doing that, but
1: now that pause only means one thing, folks, that Mike Schmidt trivia is now upon us.
0: It is time for Mike Schmidt trivia. And I have a home dinger prepared for tonight. Oh, okay. So according to my sources, the only Mike Schmidt rookie baseball card that can be found still is the 1973 TOPS card for rookie third baseman. Mike Schmidt shares the card with two other rookie third basemen. One of them is John Hilton from the San Diego Padres. Lord. The third one, though, is a little bit more well known, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, just in in case you're thinking this line, it is not George Brett. All
1: right, that was my first thought, but I thought there's no way it's George Brett because then that'd be too easy. Yes. So I would. Do I have a few guesses here?
0: I will give you. We'll give. We'll do three guesses here. We'll do three okay. guesses, but but there's a possibility you might get it with the first one.
1: Nettles is my guess.
0: That is incorrect. It is not Nettles.
1: Okay, Craig Nettles, who played for the, I believe the Padres and Yankees, Um which, by the way, the Yankees are really tanking right now.
0: Uh, yes. We. Uh, you notice I did. I said nothing when you made that statement.
1: <laughs> and to timestamp this, this is August of twenty twenty three. So you know how that they were just swept by the Atlanta Braves, my personal favorite team. Uh, let me think. Okay, let me, let me. I'm just quickly going through uh, some teams in my head here. Um, Brooks Robinson is too old at that point. Um, yes, these are all rookies. Don't forget right. rookie third baseman. Rookie third
0: baseman. Would it help? Right. Do you Do you want a team? Do you want a state?
1: Give me a state. California.
0: Lots of dead air here, folks. I'm going to do, do a little. I'm going to do a little audio exactly. soft shoe here I, I as we're we're trying I, I to. I can't
1: think of a Los is Angeles this, Dodgers. That's what I'm thinking of. But I mean, I'm trying to think of like it's uh, Ron Say was like a second baseman.
0: No, um, not as a, a rookie,
1: he was not. Was he a third baseman?
0: Third baseman Ron Say. That oh, is nice! The I guess. Correct answer. The penguin. Say. Yes. So, uh, okay, and, and,
1: Ron say, here's a question. Ron, we should do an episode on this too. Ron say Dodger or cub.
0: Oh, we should do an episode, not just on Ron say, but right. on,
1: no, yes, no, um, I meant Ron say, and I'm not even talking about his baseball career. I just want to deep dive into his personal life. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs>
0: For a moment. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, so, uh, i I say Dodger. That's just me.
1: I think I would too. Uh, yeah. it, it would be close. When I I try to think of when I'm doing this to really picture like what what pops into my mind first. Um. And and part of this goes, but and and I would see him in a Dodgers uniform, even though he had the good run with the Cubs. Like for me, Pete Rose is a Philly. I know that's offensive to people uh, who are not from Philadelphia, but when I think Pete Rose, I see him in a Philly's uniform.
0: I understand that. I mean, but that's that kind of speaks to how, how you grew up.
1: Uh,
0: what do you see Reggie Jackson in?
1: Reggie Jackson, I see as a Yankee.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And I, I see him as a Yankee because, um, and that's not necessarily the, the correct answer. Um, I think, especially with Reggie Jackson, I think his Oakland years are so forgotten. They are. Uh, and those were some great years i always forget that before he went to the yankees do you remember where he went for a year well, i know I he have... was
0: with i know he was with the angels but that was after the yankees
1: right. he was on another team for one year between the the a's and the yankees and i have no i've no recollection of this but i think it's probably cuz i think we were like 3 but i think it's even hard if i look it up to find a picture of it Goodness. um but, you know, I just, when I'm thinking of Reggie, I'm thinking of the candy bar. Um, yeah.
0: Right. And do, I just, you know which that. team it is? Uh, give me, give me, do it. Do I get three? How many guesses do I get? You get three. Okay. Reggie Jackson.
1: He was a free agent in 1976. And he stayed with this team for only one year. And I think you're going to go, what? Because when I, when I found this, I just, uh, the team I can tell you the f- team finished second in the AL East in '76. He he hit 27 homers.
0: Oh, it's another AL East team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so, it's not Boston. So for, it's not Boston. So I, Boston, Boston is out.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate the three guesses then. You get one guess.
0: Boston. It's not Boston. Boston is out. Uh, it's not.
1: It's now, now remember this is 1976. So the AL East looked different. It's not the uh... current AL East.
0: Well, that's true but cuz there's only east and west in that in the, at that point there's no, there's no central right that's right
1: right right okay i as as i'm looking at these pictures it's just like it doesn't it doesn't compute because this looks so wrong
0: so okay so i'm i'm just I, i'm i'm going to have to i still feel like okay it's not going to be I still I still feel like because the AL East is a lot bigger, it's not five teams. And I feel like I should still get at least two guesses.
1: Okay, and I want to correct something I said. He was traded to this team prior to becoming a free agent. At the end of 76, he became a free agent and went to the Yankees.
0: Okay, so can I have two guesses?
1: I don't know. I, it's, uh, Scott, I'd like to. I'd like to help you out. You're a good <laughs> kid, but I think I'm going to have to limit this to one.
0: Okay, then I'm going to say uh, – so my, here, here were my two. The, these were the two that I was going to say, but I'm going to, narr- I'm going to say one. I believe it was either – it's either going to be Cleveland or Baltimore, and I'm going to go with Baltimore.
1: That is correct. I'm telling you, when you, when you look this up and you see a picture of this, it is the weird – like it's almost like this didn't happen.
0: How do I even search for that?
1: just reggie, reggie jackson orioles it just it doesn't make sense
0: I, I have no recollection of that either but you i mean that was
1: but for us i mean i mean i mean you go what's crazy is you know one year later in 1977 we're four years old i know who reggie jackson is and i'm four it's the biggest thing yeah. on the planet right i mean he's he's yes. he's, he's right there below Bruce was, jenner at this point he, he was the
0: reason i became a yankees fan Watching him play in
1: in that World Series, where it was the before. reason I was addicted to to chocolate and Rice Krispies.
0: Well, there, yeah. But look at that. Yes, I'm looking at these pictures, and I'm like, no, you don't. You don't wear that cap.
1: Yeah, it That's just crazy. it it's wild. Yeah. To, yeah, it is. The Reggie Bar, by the way, was really delicious.
0: It really was. Did you see that? that.
1: I don't I I, apparently there was no rice in it It was it was caramel and peanuts Oh man I remember I remember getting us to the store and also you know Reggie is I think I mentioned for us Nexus fans I was actually from the the town that I'm native to is in Sheltonham Township Pennsylvania so where I lived the first five years of my life that's Uh Reggie Jackson is from Sheltonham so uh for me he's a there's local connection there well look at that well also uh, okay here's your research Okay. Reggie Jackson went to Sheltenham High School. What current world leader also went to Sheltenham High School? And listeners, I want you to play along too. Make leave us a comment uh, if if you uh, listen on um, on Spotify or if you listen on Cast. Leave us a comment if you know the answer to that question. Reggie Jackson went to the same high school as what's the name of the high school? Sheltenham. C H E. T A,
0: Shelton A N H A M,
1: Shel yes, which is it's literally a, a city city of uh, Philadelphia. In, well, they good.
0: I'm going to go, go ahead and just wreck your dream right here. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, the prime minister of Israel, Benjamin it Netanyahu.
1: Is. Dang it. Dang it! It is.
0: I just—I couldn't help it. I just. Son it, of a, it, did you know that already? Um, I knew that he went to school here in the states. And when you said "world leader" instead of saying like "American president," I thought, okay, it's got to be. And 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 I knew it wasn't going to be an obscure world leader because why would you say that and have the audience participate? So. So I just use the powers of deduction to uh to run that down.
1: You're gonna get a call from our marketing team after this, uh, for running our Netanyahu uh that's a good one to discuss with J.R. Richards. All right, now I'm getting off track. Uh, so let me tell you real quick. This would be really fun for our listeners too. So Sheltenham is just like it's just literally outside of Philadelphia. It's a suburb. You know, right. very densely populated. And there was an episode of uh David Letterman back in the old days. Uh, where he's sitting there talking with Paul. He's like, Paul, he's like, we got a letter from Sheltenham, Pennsylvania. Let's go visit Sheltenham. Lovely, lovely Amish country down there, which is totally not Amish country. And right. so him and Paul are walking along some obviously fake woods that are you know, just on the set. There's a sign that says, Welcome to Sheltenham and there's an Amish guy standing there and they're like, Hey, an Amish guy and he whoops out a gun and he shoots Paul and Dave. <laughs> it's just brilliant letterman right there. Yeah,
0: no doubt. No doubt. Okay, so it's time to close out the nexus for the evening.
1: Yeah, shout out and thank you to the Amish. Um, Indeed. Indeed. Thank you to Reggie Jackson, Don Messick, uh, Mel Blanc, Scooby Doo, Jim Henson, pop-
0: Frank Oz, the uh, the entire cast of the Broadway production of Glee. Anybody also else? Like,
1: shout out to all domestic pets.
0: That's, yes, <laughs> without question. And to the Armadillo, the Armadillo population of the world.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say stay the hell out of the Southeast Armadillos, okay? If you got enough from the Southwest, stay the hell out. There you go. There you go. And I apologize to Harper if that language is a bit harsh there.
0: Well, you know, I, I understood where you were going, and, and we've already talked about Fancy Feast tonight, so I think we can call it an evening.
1: You know what you've done, Fancy Feast? Yep. You do. We'll see you next week with another exciting episode of – oh, and I'd like to thank Scott for the shout-out on LinkedIn today. Thank you very much.
0: Indeed. And we appreciate the the makers of LinkedIn.
1: We do. We do appreciate LinkedIn. Shout-out to LinkedIn. All right. right. We'll see you next week. Sounds great. Good night. Good
0: night.